Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to the Poker Face Recap Podcast, where every week I dive into the world of the hit Peacock TV series, Poker Face. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and I'm excited to break down each and every episode of the character-driven murder mystery series, No Bullshit! So sit back, relax, maybe crack open a tall can of your favorite beer, and let's get started on this wild ride with Charlie Care, Kale. Charlie Kale, our fearless leader and hero. Charlie Kale, as she solves murders across the United States. This is the finale of season one of Poker Face. Season one, episode 10, The Hook. This aired March 9th, 2023, directed by uh, Jenigza Bravo. This is written by Ryan Johnson, Wyatt Kane, and Charlie Peppers. This guest stars in this episode, obviously, the star Natasha Leone, but also Ron Perlman, Benjamin Bratt, Simon Hel- Helberg, uh, Clea Duvall, and Rhea Perlman. Which there's two Perlmans, Ron and and uh, Rhea. I wonder if they're related. That'd be kind of wild if they were related. Like I said, this is a finale. We see uh, the last year from the perspective of Cliff as Charlie led him on a wild goose chase or all over the United States. We see what uh, Frost has in store for charlie now that she's been caught that's obviously she at the end of last episode cliff waiting outside the hospital as charlie had survived shit mountain her identity no longer exists charlie kale is for all intents and purposes dead but cliff knows she's in the hospital uh we also get to meet some of charlie's family in this uh episode which is kind of nice as she kind of spends uh some of the time in this episode back home in her hometown uh and of course we see one of charlie's old friends come back in this episode somebody that i knew would be coming back i think everybody would know he was coming back uh once they met each other Uh, it is definitely a great end to the season It wraps everything up nice and perfect and does a great job at setting up for another season, which February of this year, when this show was still being broadcast, I think it just started like immediately this was signed, was picked up for a second season before the season even ended. So there will be a second season, I assume, at some point next year. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of this episode. But let's get into the events of the finale of Poker Face. So we have Mr. Frost at senior at a medical examiner at medical examiners and calls Charlie after he just examined his son's body. So this is events that took place after or at the end of episode one, where uh, Frost Jr. jumps off the balcony, killing himself, and his dad, after identifying the body, calls Charlie. And this is at the end of the first episode where Charlie's at that diner after having left Vegas. And she had just sent the email of her evidence that her friend Natalie took, the pictures Natalie took of the assumably child porn that was on the whale's laptop. She sends that picture to uh, the head of police in that town, uh, which is owned by Frost, so kind of pointless. But also she emails it to the FBI, the CIA, and Oprah. And then she gets a call from Frost. So that is where we are starting from Frost's perspective, calling Charlie... And uh, he asks where she is because there's nowhere she can run. There's nowhere she can hide. 
where he won't find her. Uh, and he says when he gets her back for what she's done to kill her, kill his son. Um, and when he kills her, she'll thank him. Right. Or actually, how does he, how does he say it? Uh, he says when she gets her back for what she did and he kills her, she'll thank him. I don't know if he actually specifically said he'll kill her. Maybe he said, like, when I'm going to do what I'm going to do to you when I get you, you're going to thank me. Right? Especially after finding out what he does. Uh, and then he asks her if she thinks he's lying. And she's like, I got to go. Right? Clearly, she knows he's telling the truth, as she is one to point out bullshit. Uh, then Frost tells Cliff that his job is to find her, and when he does, to ask him how deep to dig the hole which is clearly insinuating he wants her dead. And then we get to see this season in montage form from the perspective of Cliff as he is, which is great. I think it's a great way to end this, to see that other side and see how ridiculous it was for Cliff to be chasing what ends up being more than a year chasing charlie around the country starting off with day one right you see him uh track her down at that rest stop right the first the second episode uh where she's in that kind of out of the middle of nowhere i think new mexico the night shift i think they called i think that was the episode um just missing her obviously and getting the false information from uh, Sarah that she was going to California right so he ends up going out west so cut to day 68 he is in LA and uh, he gets a call finding out she's in Texas so day 92 he is now at Boyd's barbecue right just missed her again he's yelling at Frost right Frost is like oh, you did you ask him da, da, da. he's like of course I asked him I've been out here for three months of course I asked him. I don't want to be out here as he's eating barbecue from Boyd's Bar, which apparently is still open, right? I guess the owners are in jail, but the restaurant's still running. Then day 175, just missed her again at the Krampus concert, which we saw how she narrowly escaped in the Rest in Metal episode. And in that moment, he gets a call from Frost and just ignores it. Then cut to day 211, right? Him just exhausted, unmotivated, just laying in some random motel bed. Just like demoralized. It's 211 days this dude's been on the road. Day 322, staying in like shitty motels also. Day 322, he's at the Seneca Lake Dinner Theater. Just missed her by a week. Then... Day 365, one year and the one year anniversary. And again, another deflated cliff in some random motel bed watching some random TV show on uh, TV, right? Probably a show, one of the shows that's on one of those channels that you get in motel rooms. So he's just following some like network TV action drama. Uh, and, and that's just his life now, <laughs> which is so sad. Day... 368 you have him complaining about the year to sterling frost drinking shitty coffee in bad motels eating garbage food just a solid year on the road and he's like i could be home helping run the business not on the road chasing some runaway and frost reminds him that uh that's his job now it's like, this is your job now. Your job isn't here with me. Your job is to find Charlie. And he's like, why would you point out how bad you are at your job? This is your job to track her down. You aren't able to track her down. You're pointing out how bad you are at your job. Which is just kind of a shitty thing to hear. Uh, and then he gets a call from a Matthew Parker. Not sure who that is. Uh, but he finds out there's some information in Colorado, right? So this is the escape from Ship Mountain. 
He shows up to the morgue and identifies the body. Obviously, he's not Charlie. He sees that it's Morty. So my criticism at the end of last episode, which I think he should, would have been a better ending to the last episode, if he shows up to the morgue, like instead of sitting outside of the hospital, right, we just see Charlie find out that her identity is dead because Morty stole her wallet and was killed. So Charlie Kale is presumed dead at this point and she is a Jane Doe and instead of that episode ending the way it did with Cliff outside of the hospital going I found her it should have been him outside of the morgue walking into the morgue going we got her I'm identifying the body right now right it would have set up perfectly because you would have found out or have him at the end of that episode calling Frost and say she's dead of course I'm going to go check the body. What do you think? I'm out here for a year. I'm not going to check the body. Right? You could have had that scene. Set up perfectly. Obviously. Whatever. He goes to the, the morgue. Identifies the body. Realizes it's not Charlie. So that is where we see that he knew that Charlie was in the hospital. Because he's like, okay, tell me, tell me where this Jane Doe is then. Because this is clearly not her. Right? And that's where we cut to him having the call outside of the hospital. Uh, and he finally asked Sterling Frost how deep he wants the hole. He's been waiting over a year to ask Sterling Frost how deep the hole needs to be. And Frost is like, we're going to let her heal up. Right? And he's like, I don't care if it takes a couple of months. I want you to wait there. Right? Camp outside the hospital. Make sure she doesn't slip by him when she gets out. Right? Despite knowing he's there to kill Charlie, I'm on Cliff's. I feel I sympathize with Cliff. I can't help but sympathize with him with the workers, right? I'm on the side of the workers always, even if they're hitman. I sympathize. He's being treated poorly by his boss, right? Having to like, he's assumedly be there to kill her. She's the easiest target you could ever ask for being in a hospital bed laid up because she's injured. And Frost is like, no, we need to make sure she's able to get away just in case. And then you can kill her. So he yells at Frost. If you think I'm going to stay in Denver at some shit motel in Denver and then cut to him, obviously, in some shit motel in Denver, eating fat, fast food wrappers, just laying all over another random hotel room back to watching the same kind of detective show that he was watching before cut to two months later charlie's hobbling through the hallways right she's it's her last day saying goodbye to all the patients and all the staff as she leaves she goes to the front desk she's like i don't know what the the, the process is here uh i i can't pay you anything and she finds out that somebody actually already paid her bills by a private party which obviously we know charlie knows she knows but she walks out and waiting for her at the doorway is Cliff leaning up against his car. And he gives her the option. The trunk or the cab either way works for him. So cut to him alone in the cab of the car. Driving away and you hear a banging on the trunk. So she clearly chose the trunk and is changing her mind because she cut to her now in the cab with uh, in the passenger seat. And then they're at a motel and she's passed out and Charlie looks over at her, right? It's like, finally, like this person that I've been chasing for over a year, finally got her. She's laying in that bed next to me, right? Not in the same bed, in the separate bed. And then on the drive the next day, she mumbles about knowing it was only a matter of time before he got her. Then she ask cliff straight up if he killed natalie and sterling uh she like sterling gave the order but you did it right right and then he pulls off the road pulls into like the parking lot of like some business that's off the side of the road and he opens the tells her to open the glove compartment and take out the gun so she sees this loaded gun in the glove box she takes it out and she points it at cliff and he opens up his arms like, okay, here you go. Shoot me. 
but she can't. She almost does, but ultimately she can't. So he grabs the gun for her, from her and puts it in the the little pocket in the door, his his driver driver's side door. And then cut to them on <clears throat> cut to them driving again. And you have Cliff reciting lyrics from the Blues Traveler song The Hook. Suck it in, suck it in. Suck it in if you're Rin Tin Tin or Anne Boleyn. Make a desperate move or else you'll win and then begin to see what you're doing to me. This MTV is not for free. It's so PC, it's killing me. So desperately, I sing thee of love. Sure. But also of rage and hate and pain and fear of self. And I can't keep these feelings on the shelf. I've tried. Well, no. In fact, I lied. Could be financial suicide, but I've got too much pride inside to hide or slide. I'll do as I decide and let it ride until I've died. And only then I shall abide this tide of catchy little tunes of hip three-minute ditties. I want to bust all of your balloons I want to burn all of the cities to the ground. I found I will not mess around unless I play. Then, hey, I will go on all day. Hear what I say? I have a prayer to pray. That's really all this was. And when I'm feeling stuck and need a buck, I don't rely on luck because... The hook brings you back. I ain't telling you no lie. The hook. On that you can rely. Pretty great scene. I like listening to the way he delivers that those lyrics. I'm like, wait, is that the bare naked ladies? No. It's Blues Traveler. The hook. The name of this episode. And also replies to the, the, it also relates to the episode itself. Anyway. So they end up at the Atlantic City Hotel Casino. <clears throat> the Hasp Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. Char or Cliff tells Charlie to go clean up and change. Takes her to a room. There's a dress laid out for her already. And then she's led to Sterling. At a poker table down in the casino floor after she changes. Uh, he offers her a drink. At first she says no. And then she's like, yeah, of course. Uh, our hero always seemingly both times. The first episode in this one at first says no, but then reconsiders uh, and gets a beer. Not a tall can. She gets a bottle. Uh, and then she asks what happens now. Uh, and, and he's like, wants to have some small chat asking about her year. And she just wants wants it to get like whatever he's going to do she just wants him to get over and do it right and uh he heard that she was from atlantic city and asks if she has family there and she like in that moment opens her eyes really big like what do you mean what are you going to do to my family right and he's like no 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 it, it, that wasn't meant to be a threat he's just making she's just trying to make small talk and she's like what are you do? you're going to kill me here what are, what are we doing you're going to kill my family and he goes on about the Hasp family that owns that casino, right? He says they're not a good family, right? And he talks about how casino, running a casino is his entire life. He tried golf, doesn't work, doesn't cut it for him, right? That's all that he does. It's the only thing he's good at. And she tries to explain that she didn't kill his son, right? And he and wants to kind of explain what everything, what everybody involved in that situation was doing, right? She wants to explain herself to him. But he already knows. He understands. And he says he would have done the same thing if he were in her shoes. So then she's like, well, what are we even fucking doing here then? And then he's like, she ran... Because they were chasing her, and they're like, well, we were chasing you because you ran. 
right? And then he caught her. And in, the whole time, while they're having this little back and forth conversation, you see Cliff in the background. You can only imagine. I can only imagine as Cliff is listening to this, like, what what was I doing for that year? If you're not going to kill her, like, not only is Charlie going, well, what are we even doing here? Why were you chasing me? Oh, we were chasing you because you were running. We didn't want to kill you. And Cliff's like, what do you mean? You wanted me to ask you how deep to dig the hole when I caught her. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention. All, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor Show, Show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high-quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. So she asks if she could just walk away, what would happen? And then he says he even has her car all cleaned up and serviced and tosses her the keys. He tells her that he's not going to hurt her and that she knows he's not lying when he says that. As he continues with, like, as he continues, he like, I think your curiosity is why you're going to stay here, right? That's what's going to keep you here. Your curiosity to find out what I do want you for. But by that time, she already stood up and she starts walking away. She grabs her keys. She's like, I'm out of here. But then, of course, uh, she comes back. And uh, Sterling says that uh, he knew she was hooked. Right. The, the the curiosity got her and he plays a recording of Charlie and his son, Sterling Jr. Uh, uh, planning to scam the whale out of his money. Right. And you find out that Frost has had all of his casino, all, every bit of his casinos wired since the 80s. And you hear Charlie ask. If his dad knows what he's doing, uh, to what he's going to do to his quote unquote golden goose, right? Does your dad even know what you're doing? And of course, you would think Junior would know the dad has the buildings wired, but clearly doesn't. And then he rewinds the tape to play the part that he recorded before Charlie showed up. And you hear Junior answer the phone on his private line when he's in the office alone. And the first thing he says when he picks it up, he says, not here. Right? Because Junior knew the call would be traced. And it was traced. Junior was right. Uh, and it, it was traced back to the Hasp Casino, the owner of the casino that they are currently in. And Sterling mentions the three things that he told Junior, which we found out two of the things Junior said in the first episode. But the third thing is to keep Beatrix Hasp out, right? She's one of the heads of the five families. He's like, that is what you think it is. Apparently, like, there's this cabal of five uh, families of casino owners and frost doesn't want to be part of that and doesn't want her and didn't want her and junior to be colluding together which obviously they were right so he broke the third thing which is why junior's like the third thing doesn't matter when he was first telling charlie what the three things his dad told him so junior was making a deal with her and the five families behind seniors back and that's why uh, he's there now in her casino. They have a meeting. He has a meeting with Beatrix and the five families. 
and he wants Charlie in that room to suss out who's lying because there's a lot of things that are going to be said, and he's going to pay Charlie 500 k cash for the afternoon of work, right? Again, Charlie's abilities are so valuable, she's worth more alive than dead, right? She's Her abilities are worth more than just they can make more money with her alive than they can with her dead, right? So 500, half a million for an afternoon's work. She laughs at the fact that she has another deal <laughs> with Frost, right? It's the same thing with her, the, the son, now the dad. Like, she's laughing at how ridiculous this is. Uh, she pops the tape out, flips it over, and then hits record on the tape recorder. Uh, because in tape, I trust as well, she says. And uh, he gives her like he so he tells her the deal on recording. Right. So this is their verbal contract or whatever, as if that would mean anything in any for anything, whatever. But she gets it on on tape. He gives her a new phone and he has another gift for her. He hands her this like package uh, and she reaches into this package. She opens it up, uh, undoes the, the thing. There's package peanuts in it. She reaches in. And she sees that there's a gun inside. She takes it out and points it at Sterling Sr. And then in that moment, the lights cut out in the on the casino floor. You hear two gunshots, right? Sr. shot twice in the chest. Lights cut back on. The floor has been cleared out. Charlie is still sitting in her seat. Uh, she puts down the gun, right? We see a close-up of the gun smoking. And then you hear Cliff calling for security to catch her, right? Cliff didn't run after her, but he called for security to catch her. So cut back to Cliff talking to himself. It seems like he's talking to himself. We find out that he's actually on speakerphone in his car. But he looks like he's talking to himself in his car, um, talking about what it's like working for Frost Sr., uh, and then you find out that he's on the phone with somebody offering him a job and to entice him to take this job, they're throwing in a yacht. It's like wants a yacht in addition to whatever they're paying him for this job. And his job is to kill Frost, uh, but they don't want it to look like an accident. They want a patsy, right? They want somebody to take the fall for it. It looks too suspicious if he's showing up for this meeting and he accidentally dies. So we need somebody, we need a plausible person to take the fall. Right. <clears throat> and this whole conversation is going on outside of the hospital while Charlie is still healing up in Denver. So cut to the scene where Charlie is pointing to the gun from the glove box in the car with Cliff pointing that gun at Cliff. Right. And they're pulled off on the side of the road. And you see the way he grabs the gun with like two knuckles, grabs the barrel of the gun and throws it into the, the door pocket, right? So he can get her prints on that gun. And then later on that night when she's sleeping in the bed next to him and he looks over at her, he looks over to make sure she's sleeping. So he sneaks out to his car, then takes that gun out of the door pocket, puts it in a plastic bag, cut to Atlantic City with Frost, Cliff and Frost, uh, before he meets with Charlie while she's getting cleaned up, Cliff goes to talk to Frost and Frost had intended to have her. Uh, he intended the gift that he gave Charlie to be her old name badge from the casino. That was the gift that was supposed to be in the bag, but he gives the gift to Cliff untied, right? Clearly expecting Cliff to tie it up. But obviously, that is where Cliff put the gun with her prints, which he didn't need to do because she picks that gun up anyway. But whatever. So that's when Cliff is able to put the gun inside the gift, which was not intended to be inside that gift. So back in Cliff's room, he puts on plastic gloves, puts... Actually, no, he puts a... a a different gun in the package. He puts the gun with her prints in his holster because obviously he's going to use that gun. He's got a plastic glove on, puts it in his holster. Of course, he's going to use that gun to kill. 
He also has some poker chips that glow in UV light. He has a little UV light, black light, flashlight. And then room service shows up. And of course, and this is in the Hasp Hotel. So the people that work there work for Hasp, right? He and Cliff is working for Hasp also. So when room service shows up, they have underneath the little dome tray covers. He lifts it up and there's like this button, which I assume is what cut the lights off, right? Or signals to somebody to cut the lights off, right? He goes down to the table where they plan to meet with Charlie. This is before they show up. Um, and as he walks down, he nods to the security guard. So it's clear that Cliff is in cahoots with them. They know what's going on. Uh, he puts the gift on one of the seats, sets the tape recorder down on the table, and then places that poker chip down right next to where Frost is going to sit, right? Because he knows that Frost likes to play with poker chips if he's sitting next to one, so he knows Frost is going to pick up that poker chip and play with it when he sits down, right? Which is going to help mark the target when the lights cut out. So cut to the moment where Frost gives her the gift, and she pulls out the gun. You see Cliff push the button in his pocket, cutting the lights out, right? And then he uses the gun with her prints to shoot Frost, then swaps the guns, which we didn't see in that scene. That is why that gun was smoking, because it was the gun that Cliff just used. Then cut to random people there's a commercial break back after the commercial break cut to people which i thought this moment was another commercial cut to random people getting the wrong phone calls right somebody working in office somebody working as a cook in a restaurant picking up their phones like no no it's wrong number wrong number right and then finally you see luca the fbi agent from the um time of the monkey episode pick up his phone right and it was charlie right she finally gets uh luca's phone to ring she forgot the last few numbers but she she kind of had an idea so she figured it out she remembered it and of course luca is in the middle of some kind of undercover deal or at least it looks that way right and he tells her to turn us he tells her to turn herself in uh and then hangs up and then he calls back again and tells her not to do that uh and uh it turns out that he's actually the lead on the investigation on the hit in Frost. So he got a promotion from that. He tracked down the email that she sent with the that uh, had Cashmere or uh, I forget that guy's name. Uh, Kane, the child porn from the first episode. He finally tracked down that email that she mentioned on the uh, time of the monkey episode, tracked it down and led to a big bust so because of that big bust he got a promotion yeah because he so he got a casimir king was the guy's name um and she's stoked that they got him right she's like yes it worked and uh you have he tells her that there's a lot of video they have a lot of video evidence that she did it right and then she head out. She's still in the hotel. She's hiding out in some random room, uh, still in the hotel. And he tells her to try and find a way out of that hotel because obviously they're going to do a sweep of the hotel and she can't be found. Right. And she's like, oh, my car is in parking. I was like, don't go to your car. Right. This whole island on, is on lockdown. They're going to be looking for you. They're going to be looking for your car. And uh, so you just need to find a different way out. So in that moment, she decides to come down to him. Also a horrible idea. Why would you do that? Obviously, he may believe you, but he doesn't have evidence. He's telling you they don't have any evidence. So it's not like he's going to be able to, a singular person going to be able to protect her. And he kind of lays it out right it's not about the truth or proof right she's on the hook again hook always brings you back her only hope is to get out of the city alive <clears throat> is what he tells her right you got to put yourself you got to put distance between this and yourself and she escapes the hotel uh 
just blending in like there's a bachelorette party or whatever a bunch of women in sequin dresses you hear over the radio that they're looking for a blonde woman in a sequin dress which is what charlie is wearing so as this bachelorette party is leaving the hotel charlie just kind of blends in you know yeah pretending like she's one of the people on this thing cut to her in the party bus with that bachelorette party um and she some drunk woman gives her like this this ring this like rubber ring that's got a penis on it and that glows and she's like crying about something and charlie's like you need to drink some water uh she tells the driver to stop and let her off she gets out she can't get the stupid cock ring that the ring with the dick on it off of her finger she's stuck on her finger uh but she gets out and she starts walking down some residential street where she calls luca talking to luca trying to come up with some way to prove her innocence and he keeps telling her she needs to just get out of town and then hangs up she sees a bunch of cops in front of one of the houses but she decides to go into that house she crawls under the house right there's a space crawl space underneath the house she crawls under into that crawl space where uh, a girl sees her crawling into that crawl space and the girl goes and tells her mom that she thinks that there's a woman under the house and she's going to the secret way in right and you find out that woman the mom goes to that secret door into the house from underneath the crawl space and it's charlie's sister so we get to meet Charlie's sister and her niece. And her sister is not happy about the cops at her door asking questions, obviously, having to explain to her daughter what's going on. Right? <clears throat> Trying to explain to her daughter why some hooker is crawling underneath the house. And that person is your aunt that you've met once when you were three years old. And you still see... Or she goes to check the, the ring fell off at some point while she was climbing into the house and she asked about the money she sent apparently charlie sent her sister some money a few years back uh and just making sure she got it right the sister's like what you want the money back she's like no just making sure that you got the money and she asked charlie asked to borrow their dad's boat uh and of course her sister's not very happy with her not very happy with angrily looking for the the keys to the boat uh charlie goes and introduces herself to the niece who's playing in the living room uh and uh she asks charlie if she swims and just she runs off the girl runs off and returns with a picture of charlie and her sister as they were young kids like probably six or seven wearing swimsuits uh, and Charlie tells this kid about how their dad, her grandpa, would take them out on his boat and throw them overboard. So they had to force them to swim back to shore. Uh, and the niece, you know, found the dick ring somewhere and was using it as a hair roller for her Barbie. So the mom takes it out. She's like, this is ridiculous. This is what, what are you doing to my family right now? Uh, and before she goes, before Charlie goes, she, she says, um, after she gets out of this situation, she hopes that maybe they can talk. And her sister's like, nope, that is not going to happen. Uh, like, she's like, there's a world where they do hash it out, but that's not this world right charlie has a, she thinks charlie has a good heart and probably does good things for other people which obviously she does but <clears throat> they're doing just fine on their own they don't want charlie as far as charlie's effect on her family she doesn't like but she's sure that she's doing good things for other people and it's just kind of the way charlie is and uh it's surprising that Charlie doesn't change her clothes. She leaves still wearing the sequin dress, but she does get a pair of shoes. So a little bit better situation than her just walking around in a sequin dress and heels. Uh, or I don't even know if she's wearing heels, uh, but I'm sure they were very uncomfortable shoes, whatever it was. Cut to the docks. 
where Charlie is seeing her father's boat that is clearly falling apart. There's like a giant hole in the side of it. Uh, and somehow the she put the penis ring back on her finger. And again, it's stuck on her finger. Um, and she checks her phone to see that the only two numbers in her contacts are Sterling Frost and Cliff. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote. Are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get Get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of the Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com/plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. So, cut to Cliff on his yacht that he got for doing the job, and his phone rings, and it's Charlie. Asking why she would kill Sterling. Why would it make sense for her to kill Sterling? She tells him it makes no sense. Right? He was just going to give her her life back. It makes no sense why he would do it. And he keeps asking where she is. Right? As she's asking about where it sounded like. Like, did it sound like the guns were even coming from where I was sitting? Or did it sound like they were coming from somewhere else? Right? She's still trying to prove her innocence. To somebody that, like, again, this is one of the things that happens in all of these episodes where Charlie unknowingly is telling the person responsible for the crime what she knows, the evidence she's trying to uncover to the person who committed the crime, right? Very common thing in all these episodes. And he's honest about not hearing the shots come from her table. Obviously, he knows that she can detect lies, so, and he knows that it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, so, you know, he tells her the truth, and she says uh, that they're in it together. At least she thinks they are, right? Because she thinks that he wants to solve this murder of her boss, that he thinks that she likes. He likes. So she offers to come to him and ask where he is. And he tells her that he's on a boat at the State Marina, Pier 12. Which, of course, she is right in that same area. So after he hangs up with her, he calls the chief of police to let him know uh, that Charlie, the person that killed Sterling Frost, is on her way to his yacht and in that moment he gets another call cliff gets another call from hasp beatrix hasp uh and he says it's a pleasure doing business with you uh then he tosses the phone in the water and right then charlie shows up uh he offers her a beer and she lays out what she knows again right this time she also remembers the glowing that the casino chip glowing in that moment so she remembers a little another piece of the puzzle and cliff explains why the shooter would use a chip that could glow in the dark to identify the target right he says he could easily just turn her in and it wouldn't mean anything but she thinks that he loved the old man and that he would want to catch the real killer uh and then she recommends that they get out of here Right. Obviously, she wants to get off the, the island. Um, so he turns the engines on and tells her to go back into the cabin to go get his iPad. And then while she's looking, she finds the looking for this iPad. She looks through one of his bags, finds the novelty blacklight chips. Right. So, of course, her ring that keeps showing up it glows and just happens to glow black light which i call bullshit but she tests to make sure that these chips look like what she saw <clears throat> but she finds you know finds out it's the same chip 
And then you hear the engines turn off, and then she hears sirens in the distance. And you hear she hears Cliff close the cabin door. She yells that she, she tells him, like, I found the chips. Like, she in that moment, she knows that Cliff is the one that did it. And she <clears throat> he comes in, right, to stop her. Like, instead of just keeping her locked in there, he comes in uh, and tries to keep her from leaving. She ends up punching him in the face with the penis ring on her finger. So I'm assuming the penis ring, like, like went right into his eyeball uh, because the way he reacts is not how uh, a grown man would react being punched by a smaller woman uh, in in that way. But the penis ring uh, clearly jacked up his eyeball. Um, and it's like in that moment, I also don't believe that the cops would have their sirens on to kind of give away that they're on their way. But, of course, before the cops show up, Charlie dives off the side of the boat into the water. Of course, we know about her past with swimming. That her dad used to just throw the sisters off of the boat and make them swim to shore. So she's good at swimming. But it turns out they weren't cops. So maybe that's why the sirens were on. Uh, because it is Luca. And he shows up. Uh, not concerned about Charlie, obviously it's Luca and the FBI. Uh, and then Luca plays a cassette tape, uh, with Charlie and junior plotting to quote unquote handle or no cliff. I'm sorry. He plays the tape of cliff and junior from the first episode plotting to quote unquote handle Natalie and J the Natalie and Jerry situation. So Charlie's friend, Natalie and her abusive husband, Jerry. So, Cliff is being arrested for the murder of Natalie and Jerry from the first episode. And that is why Luca showed up. Cut to Luca pulling up to some driver diner, I'm sorry, in Charlie's car. Where he meets Charlie sitting at a booth. He gives her her keys to her car. And he thanks her for her help on another big win for him. Another big case solved by Charlie. Uh, and immediately when Cliff was arrested, he turned on Hasp, right? So it's a big, it's much bigger. Not only is Charlie or Cliff uh, caught for murdering Natalie and her dirtbag husband, but Cliff turned over on Beatrix Hasp. Uh, the only problem is they need to track Hasp down. So they still haven't caught her, which I'm sure will be part of season two. Uh, Luca again asked Charlie if she wants to work for the FBI. And of course she laughs. Uh, obviously it's no, but uh, he tells her to keep his number because at this rate, he'll be the FBI director with all of the help she's giving him. Uh, and she leaves and uh, Luca is given the bill. Of course, he's going to pay for it. Uh, and then cut to Charlie outside of a convenience store, crapping, cracking open, open, crapping open. My, my brain is shutting down as we approach the end of this episode. Cut to Charlie outside of a convenience store, cracking open a tall can of beer, which when I wrote in the intro to this podcast to sit back, relax and open up a your favorite tall can of beer, I thought it would be part of Charlie's thing drinking tall cans of beer as she did throughout the first episode and not until the final episode does she actually crack open a tall can of beer. And despite realizing that after a few episodes of not seeing her drink at all, really, aside from the Orpheus syndrome, she finally cracks open a tall can of beer and she gets a phone call. She answers it and it's Beatrix Hasp and she's with the five families on speakerphone. And she's now, which apparently there's a war going on now. She calls it ruinous, which is a word that her sister said as well. So the fact that Beatrice said ruinous and the fact that Charlie's sister used that specific word ruinous in, in relation to Charlie 
something tells me Charlie's sister is working with the five families or maybe specifically Hasp since Hasp has the casino in Atlantic City where her sister lives so maybe that is maybe she works for them and uh that's where that's why they both use this word that nobody uses nobody uses ruinous but Hasp does she calls it ruinous and then she offers not to kill Charlie if she comes to help her and use her BS ability for the Hasp family. So again, Charlie offered the opportunity not to die in order to help somebody use her for her ability. But this time, Charlie passes. So back on the road, Charlie smashes her phone again and tries to throw it away. And it is kind of the saddest phone throw, but regardless still kind of an epic end she smashes her phone as she did in the beginning uh and then takes a nice big sip of her tall can of beer you know has her glasses on smoking her little cigarello and uh this great kind of hero shot of her leaning up against her car as the season as the episode ends charlie kale back on the road solving crimes this time it is beatrix hasp that is after her with says she has she's utilizing all new technology in order to track her down unlike the frost family that was still using cassette tapes kind of a great close to her story with the frost family a great wrap-up to the season right the 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 crime at the beginning of the season the first episode was finally closed and comes to a conclusion at the final episode of the season only one body frost in this episode so not a large body count and i don't really think she used her bullshit ability once i think everybody involved knew that she had the ability uh and knew not to lie to her so i think it's like the only episode where she didn't use her bullshit ability um but a great setup for season two obviously luca is still her ally more now that she's helped him again solve another big crime and also you know the fbi is also asked after hasp so hasp is after charlie the fbi is after hasp charlie's helping the fbi something tells me they're all going to kind of work together to get hasp in the second season you also have the five families after her. So, or at least know that she has her ability. So, even if they get Hasp, there are four other families, I assume, if math is were, is correct, uh, that, I mean, could be potential future seasons, could be all part of the next season. And the fact that they're using modern tech to track her down, it'll be interesting to see how she tries to stay off the radar in the next season. Uh, and it's great It's great that Charlie chooses her life on the run to help people, to do the thing that her sister assumed she was doing, that she was a good person helping people, right? She may not be good for her family, but she's doing good for other people, right? Using her powers for good and not evil. So it'll be fun to see who ends up coming after obviously it's not going to be cliff uh in season two so that'll be a surprise uh she won't know who the person is she can't identify by looking at them so it could be there could be episodes where people pretend to be somebody that they're not and are actually out to get her so more paranoia i'm sure the next season And of course, new fun murders that she'll be able to solve next next season as well. And it's clear that because of her ability, she's worth more alive than dead. So even though these people are after her and they say they're going to kill her when they actually get their hands on her, it's probably going to be a situation, I imagine, if this show continues to go into multiple seasons as I assume as they hope it will, the creators of this show. Uh, Natasha Leone and um, Ryan Johnson. 
there will probably be multiple times Charlie gets apprehended by the people after her, but then used to do a thing. So, cool. Uh, and it's a great end to the season. A really fun show in general. Like, a good variety of episodes. Some better than others, right? It's got a fun formula to it. Uh, and I will be ranking my top five episodes from the show from season one on Sunday's episode of top five every Sunday. I do a podcast called top five where I normally rank movies in a specific category, but this week I am ranking my top five favorite episodes because these episodes are very similar to an anthology series. They are standalone episodes. Um, I'm going to rank my top five, my top five favorite ones. So if you want to hear that, tune in to Sunday show top five, subscribe to top five, wherever you get your podcasts or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Uh, and, uh, normally it's I ranking movies, but this time every once in a while it'll do TVs, especially if it's like an anthology series. Uh, like I did black mirror. I ranked my top five episodes from each season of black mirror. Um, so check that out uh, if you want to hear my what my favorite episodes were from this season. Um, next season, so while they were still in season one, the show was renewed for a second season. It will most likely come out sometime next year, 2024. According to the Hollywood Reporter interview, uh, Ryan Johnson shared that he hopes to grow. Uh, he hopes to grow old making poker face, especially since the format lends itself to going on forever and ever, uh, much like the uh, procedurals of the past that inspired the show. Uh, Natasha and I keep quote Natasha and I keep talking about getting old doing this. I can imagine her Jessica Fletchering out and I would I would be thrilled. This is something that's obviously built into an engine to keep on going. Uh, so clearly it is a great format and a great show that I do hope. I hope he's right. I hope it does go on forever. It is a really fun show. It is a very unique type of a detective series. Unlike most of them, right? Charlie Kale is a very unconventional detective in the best way. Uh, Leone also, Leone also summed up her hopes for the show as being about Charlie standing up for the quote, for the little guy or the misfits and the outsiders and the dark horses and sort of having a voice for all those people, a truthful one that kind of cuts through the sea of, uh, mendacity. And I do think that what's so exciting about poker face is that uh thanks to ryan the voice comes through in a super clear very inclusive inviting way for an even larger audience uh but for me personally i had a lot of fun breaking down each episode of the show and i look forward to doing more of that in the next seasons as they are released uh but for this episode it is a wrap for not only this week's episode of the Poker Face Recap Podcast, but for this season of the Poker Face Recap Podcast. Uh, make sure you stay subscribed for when the new season comes out and you will be updated with those episodes. If just stay subscribed. Um, and you can always check out all of my other podcasts that I do. I do episode recap podcasts for a lot of other shows like Dave, Ted Lasso, Squid Game, Severance, uh, The Rehearsal, a lot of fun shows, a lot of uh, stuff. So check all those out. Uh, just search Ray Taylor Show on your podcast platform. See all the different shows that are involved under that umbrella of podcasts. Or go to InspiredDisorder.com and you can check out all the shows there. In addition to movie reviews and all of those other things. Uh, but please leave a comment or a rating for this podcast on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder. And until we get more episodes from this great show, keep your poker face on and see you then. No bullshit. New episodes of the Ray Taylor show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspired disorder.com slash plus. 
Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.